Please turn in your Bibles to 1 John chapter 2. We've been looking at these verses, uh, verses 15 through 17, and talking about living separate to the world. And um, I'm going to begin by reading these three verses, and then we'll go to the section that we left off at, which was in verse 16. But first of all, beginning in verse 15, the Apostle John writes and he says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Verse 16, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. Verse 17, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Now I'm resisting preaching on all the bits that I've already preached. Um, <laughs> there's always new revelation. Amen. Uh, but last time we looked at uh, verse 16, um, we looked at the phrase, uh, once again, the lust of the flesh, which again we talked about um, that lust being a desire. And we, in James, we looked at chapter 3 and chapter 4. First of all, in James 3.13, remember James wrote and said, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 15 was a key verse. He said, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. So we know there's a wisdom that is earthly. And that earthly wisdom, you know, sounds right. But it isn't right. It, it's, a, it's a wisdom that, uh, in a sense, goes against God because it's, it, it is a wisdom that sounds right, but it, it uh, takes away from you having faith. It takes away from you doing the impossible. Because that's exactly what that wisdom says, that's impossible. Let's stick to things that we can do. Forget about the things that are, you know, beyond our reach. Now, let me just say this, you know, just like the, the spies in Numbers. Remember those guys that were sent out? Twelve of them. Ten came back with an evil report. Amen. And, and they came back with what I would call natural wisdom. They came back with this wisdom that is earthly. They came back with the wisdom that, oh gosh... You know, when we look at it, their numbers against our numbers, their city against us, you know, the walls and everything else, there's no way we can do this. Are you with, are you with me? That is that earthly, sensual, demonic wisdom. And that wisdom caused all the, ten spies to preach. There were ten leaders, by the way. They weren't just spies, they were leaders. Okay? And they convinced the people that there was no way that they could take... Uh, uh, what God, I want to say it this way, what God had promised them. Okay? But two of them said, we are well able, let's go do it straight away. Remember Joshua and Caleb, alright? <laughs> See, they weren't thinking with this kind of wisdom. They were thinking with God's wisdom. They said, we are not comparing our, ourselves to that city. Oh, it was Jericho, by the way. Alright, to that city. They're, they're saying, we're comparing God to that city. And when you compare God to that, it's not a problem. If we compare us to that, we got problems. 
<laughs> okay? Obviously. And you know what's really sad is that the ten had so much influence over the people that they never went in. And the funny thing is, when you go back and look at the time when Joshua goes into, into that place, you, it's really interesting how they said, remember Rahab, she said, our hearts failed in us. She said, when we heard you were coming, we were all trembling. Isn't that funny? See, God went ahead and prepared the way. All they had to do was turn up. Are you all here? But this earthly wisdom said, there's no way. Are you kidding? Look, see. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith, not by see. <laughs> okay? Because see will deceive us. Are you all here? And so we really need to be careful what we set our eyes on. Amen? And we need to be careful that we're not, we're, we're not um, operating in an earthly wisdom. Amen? So that, that is a part of this system. That is a part of what John says, do not love the world or the things in the world. This whole world system is demonic. The whole, you know, the, in, generally speaking. Okay? I know there are things in the earth, and we've talked about this before, that are godly. Amen? Okay, the church... Hallelujah, you, amen, alright, okay, you're in the earth, okay, but as I said before, we are not of this earth, that's the difference, because we're not of this earth, we are citizens of another kingdom, therefore we look to that kingdom for, for our supply and for our need and for what we can and can't do, not for this system and not for the, from this kingdom, amen, alright. The other verses that we looked at was in James chapter 4, where it says, where do wars, again, remember we're talking about uh, uh, the, the desire of the flesh. He says, where do wars and fights come from among you? Remember Christian believers. Do they not come from your desire for pleasure, that war in your members? You lust and you do not have, you murder and covet and, do, and cannot obtain Christians. <laughs> not the world, okay? He says, you fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures. So he's saying that that's the problem. You know, when, even when you do ask, first of all, you know, you're going after the wrong thing. Your desires on the inside of you are not only warring in you, they're warring around you as well. You're warring with everyone around you. Which is a very bad way to live. Okay, just say. And the other thing is, he says, when you do decide to ask, you're not going to get what you're asking for because you're asking for all the wrong things. And I've had people do that. I've had people come and ask me to pray for things that I'm thinking, but you're a Christian. And I won't say anything more than that, okay? You know, I mean, dear Lord, you just think it's just... You know, the, someday, I, I used to sort of preach and sort of say, well, you know, I won't go into things that you all know is wrong. So, you know, some days I have to actually retract that statement and say, let me actually go into some of those things. Because some of you don't know that that thing is wrong. Because you come up and ask me to pray for something. That I know God's not going to give it to you. <laughs> okay? I, and don't call me a faithless preacher. You're asking wrong. Okay, I can't, I can't pray for things and get God to give you something that is outside of His will. Amen? That's what James is talking about. And don't you know, remember James is a pastor of a church. You know, when he says something, it's coming from first-hand experience. The prayer line. Stuff that they've come up to him and asked him to pray for. And then they haven't got it. And then they've said to him, well, this faith stuff doesn't work. 
No, your asking is wrong. So you're not going to get it. Anyway, all right. So <clears throat> here we see again how lust and desire of the flesh leads to all kinds of outward sins. We, now we talked about all those sins. I don't want to go into it today. In Galatians chapter 5, and we looked in verses 19 through 21, talking about the works of the flesh, the adultery, the fornication, all that stuff. Now returning to the phrase, the desire of the flesh, I want to move on today. In his commentary, Simon J. Kistemacher says that the word desire is used collectively to represent cravings that include sexual desire and covetousness. See, we think of the one, not the other. So much of the time, whenever we think of desire, we go straight to some, some kind of sexual desire. But it also includes covetousness. I want to focus on that a little bit more because that's a little bit more hidden. And then, you know, it kind of creeps in our life and we kind of think it's okay. And a lot of our prayers are based on covetousness. Amen. Yeah, I think we know enough not to go the other way, you know, with the sexual desire thing. You know, we, think, we tend to know that part. We, we, we're constantly fighting against that. All right? But this other thing, this covetousness, that, that's a, that, that is a... How can I put this? A more subtle animal. <laughs> okay? It kind of sneaks in when you're not looking. And, you know, you, 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 you think it's okay what you're asking. And it's not okay. And that's the reason why you won't get it. And then you get upset with God because He didn't give it to you. And why doesn't it... Let me take a minute and talk to you about why God will not give you stuff that you ask that is wrong. Can I take a minute and go there? Okay. If God ever answered those prayers, and you know, those are the prayers where you go, please, 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 please God. Because you know something ain't right. But <laughs> you want it anyway. If he answered those prayers, you know what will happen next? You'll think you were in God's will. And then you'll take that as a, an indication that you're on track. And then the next thing you ask will be based on the fact that you got that thing. Are you with me? And then God will become responsible for you getting off track and Him allowing you to get off track and Him answering all your prayers while you were off track and misleading you. And then you have the right when you get to heaven to say, how come you answered that prayer? You know, if He says, you know what, you didn't do well. And you say, but you answered my prayer. You shouldn't have. You know, we get all like that when we're on the other side. <laughs> okay? <laughs> It's, you know, it's like the person that I'm going to, please take this for what it is. I'm making a little fun here, okay? So don't read too much into this. It's like the person that goes, oh, please, God, I want to get married. I want to get married. I want to get married. Please, God, send me the right person. And then, you know, and then they see someone. And they say, I've got to have that person, God. i got to have that person. And they have that person. After about six years, please, God, take them away from me. Take them away. Why did you ever give this person to me, God? Look, I can't even pray right anymore. It is a funny thing how people do that. One minute they can't live without, you know, without him. And next minute they can't live with them. And in both cases, they blame God. You know, first, why don't you give him to me? And the next side, why did you give him to me? <laughs> Are you all with, like I said, please, you know, okay, you all with me, all right? You know, <laughs> you know, coming or going, man, that's the reason why you need to be spirit-led. You know, whatever desire that you have, remember we're talking about the desires of the flesh. We're talking about covetousness now. All right, whatever it is that you, that you really think you have to have, go check. 
Can I give you this piece of wisdom that I believe is from above? <laughs> okay. Listen. Sometimes it's better not to have someone than to have the wrong person. Because it can ruin your whole life. I'm serious. People don't see that, you know. Now, I'm, you know, I understand, especially, you know, over this last couple of days with, you know, Emily not being here, um, the blessing of having someone. I understand that. Okay, but also, I also see people that are in the wrong relationships. And as much as I miss her for not being here these last couple of days, I have seen people that when their partner goes on vacation, they finally get their vacation. They finally get a little bit of peace. They're like, oh, thank God for this. You know, when that happens, something wrong there. Are you all with me? And so we need to, you know, <laughs> I, I'm just saying all of this because we're talking about the desire of the flesh, because we're talking about James saying that, you know, don't let your desires dictate what you're asking God because you're probably going to get that thing wrong. You really need to be asking God, Lord, what do you want me to have? Are you all here? And can I say this? Whatever he says is right, even though you might look and go, mm, I want to pick that one. I want to pick that one. That one looks like the TV version. This one, I don't know what this is. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, like the Sri Lankans, you know, when they talk about beautiful girl, it's a, oh, nice girl, good features. A uh, girl that's not so nice, uh, nice girl, sweet personality. You know? <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's another way of saying, you know, it's all about the personality, there's nothing else about it. Yeah, hello. You know what I'm trying to say? And that's a problem that we have. You know? <laughs> We're kind of looking for the, you know, nice features. Forget about the sweet personality. Are you kidding? You know what I'm trying to say? You know, when. <laughs> it was amazing. We're talking about the desires. Can I just go off into this a little bit? You know? And um, people used to have lists that they used to have for their partner. Okay, I want to do a marriage series, but you know, let's just do it in the middle of everything else. You know? <laughs> and it was really interesting what their list had on it. Their list was they had to have blonde hair and blue eyes and this and that and everything else. And you know what? I went to God and they said, uh, I always have an irk about that. You know, every time I started writing, because they said, write it down and you know, put your order in and everything else. And I thought, you know... Let me just go ask God what he should, what, what I should be asking him. Sometimes you have to pray about what you should pray about. Did you get, did you get that? Before you write down your prayer, check and see what you should pray about. Ask God, okay? <laughs> and you know what the only thing that he... I, I said, God, what am I looking for? And I was waiting for this long list. It wasn't a very long list. You know what the list was? Somebody with a good heart who loves him. I said, uh, and where's the rest of the list? He said, you don't care about the rest. You shouldn't care about the rest. You all here? Because at the end of the day, remember what Jesus said? Remember when they tried to trick him and they said, which is the greatest law? And he came down to two. And he said, love God, love your neighbor. 
You're here? See, translate that to a mate and you get somebody that loves God, somebody has a good heart. Because somebody with a good heart won't treat people badly. Are you all with me? Amen? I got that. Came in a nice package, but I got that. That's what I was looking, that's all I was looking for. That was it. Do you know one of the biggest things I realized? I need that when I'm not perfect. And that's what I need to be for my partner. Amen? Okay. That's how you get over that desire. Okay? You go to God and you ask God, what should I desire? And I'll tell you what, He'll bring across your path will be more than you ever asked for. And that's something you need to know in order to counteract and come against that desire. Okay? The desires of flesh. All right. So... Let's get, thank you. Let's get back to this. Um, so we talked about covetousness. These cravings are evil because they cause man to disobey God's explicit command in Exodus 20:17. I actually talked about this last week, which says, "You shall not covet." Moreover, these cravings originate in man's fallen nature and give birth to sin. The Apostle James touches on this subject and again and addresses where these cravings, desires, and temptations come from. As he writes in James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 13 through 15. He says, let, let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. I don't know how many times people have sort of said, oh God's testing me and trying me. And you know what, that, the only way that you know, we... We see that we always take it for things that come against us. And we think God brought that against us. See, I want you to notice what it doesn't say here. Notice that it says, For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does He Himself tempt anyone. Can I add the words, with evil? Is, is that okay? I'm not taking... Okay, I'm not doing anything to the Word. Okay, I just want to... I want to show you something here because we missed something here. If we put those two words in there, something else then becomes... You know, something else jumps out. And that is this. But God will tempt you with good. <laughs> That's where we fail all of our tests. You see, we're, we're always thinking God is tempting us with bad things. And so we're fighting against things and everything else. But you know where the temptation... That's the devil! Fight the devil, not God! The time, that, the time that we need to realize that, we're, you know, that there is a test on... Uh, let me give you an example. So you come to church and you're praying and saying, Oh God, I didn't have any money for the offering this week. Yes, I'm going to talk about money. Okay, alright, let's, let's just do this, okay? Talked about relationships, now I'm going to talk about money. You know, it's one or the other, it's in everybody's life, those two things can hit pretty much dead center on those two. Alright, so let's say you come to church and you're saying, oh, I really want to give, you know, and I, and, but I don't have a lot. I'm talking about testing and good now, okay? And so you pray and say, God, help me. And you know what he'll do? He'll say, alright, let's see, if you have more, will you do the right thing with it? So he gives, so he'll bless you somehow with extra money or something, okay? Or maybe a job or something. Something will come along. And then he, here's the temptation and you, most people miss it. And they get the money and go, oh, thank you God. Now I can go to the movies six times a week. 
and I can, I can eat out every night, and I can do this, that, everything else. And they come to church, and suddenly God taps them on the shoulder. Says, uh, remember how you asked me for, yeah, but God, I got plans for all that money now. Uh, let me see what I can squeeze out. You failed the test. There's the test. Hmm? You asked, he gave, you missed it. And then things don't go well. And then they go, oh, what's going wrong in my life? Can you pray that all this stuff gets off of me? Now I know we live in a fallen world. I know that you don't have to do a wrong thing to have a wrong thing happen to you. Okay, I remember Jesus in the boat, in the storm. I remember Jonah in the boat, in the storm. One was disobedience, one was incomplete obedience. Both hit a storm. The difference was, the one that was in obedience could stand up and say, Peace, be still, and shut it down, because it was not meant to be there. (laughs) But the one that was in disobedience, the only way they could stop that is throw him off the boat. That's not good. (laughs) Okay, all right. You know, you don't want to be that one. Amen? All right? So, you, I understand that the storm comes to everyone. Remember, Jesus even talked about, you know, people that built one on the sand and one on the rock, and the storm came to both. Are you all here? Okay. The devil doesn't distinguish. He doesn't say, oh, I got a favorite one. He has no favorites. Whatever you might think. <laughs> he does not have any favorites. He attacks everybody the same. He just hates. See, just like God is love, Satan is just hate. Hate has no loyalty towards anything. Hate will promise everything and give you nothing back. You know, whereas God asks for so little and and will promise and give you back everything. Are you all here? And so we just need to be careful that, you know, if we are doing something wrong, if we've gone through a test, a good one, and we failed, we need to go back and repent and say, sorry God, you know what, that was wrong, I've done this. You know, I've, I've realized I've done something. I've missed something. And I've said, sorry God, I missed that. I asked for it, you blessed me with it, then I went and did something else with it. So I go back and I say, you know what God, I'm doing what I said I would do initially. And it's funny how the, the windows of heaven open up and all kinds of blessings start falling back in. Amen. Are you all here? That's all it takes. Isn't that wonderful? 1 John 1 9, if we acknowledge our sin, He's faithful and just, forgive us of our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah, it's all done. Which means you're in a righteous position again. That's what it means to be cleansed of all unrighteousness, which means like you never sinned. And so Satan can't use that to attack you again ever. It doesn't exist. Get it? Okay. Let's continue here. Verse 14, he says, But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desire, remember? The desires of the flesh, okay? And enticed. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. So understand something, that your desires, if they are wrong, and if they are outside of God, they will lead to something destructive in your life, even to death. Amen? So we need to be... That's the reason why I'm taking a little bit of time and ministering this, because it isn't one of those really woo happy scriptures. <laughs> okay? I wanted to get through it in like a week. 
then there's God's plan. <laughs> okay? So, you know, it, it is one of those things I feel like if we can overcome this, we can walk in the blessing of God all the days of our life. Don't we want that? You know, at the end of the day, because I can preach on faith to you right now. I can give you insights because I'm, I'm constantly working on those things because those are, the, those are the powerhouses. You know, those are the things that really make mountains move. But at the same time, as much as I teach you stuff like that, at the same time, if this is going wrong, that's not going to work. Are you all here? And I can give you revelations on that, that will just bless you. But if if this is undermining everything you're doing, then it's not going to work for you. Are you all here? And I so, so much do want to actually minister to you on things, you know, things that will work in your life, that will move mountains in your life. But we need to get, and, and I believe that's the reason why the Apostle John put all these things in here. I, you know, I believe that he went to heaven, he saw what it was like to live a victorious life. You know, they can't get any more victorious by, than, you know, when you get to heaven. Nobody, nobody fails up there. Have you ever thought about that? Isn't that awesome? Whatever you put your hand to do, you'll prosper. You just, any, anyway, okay, <laughs> we don't want to think about that too much because we want to leave here and go there. All right, so, <laughs> but you know, th- that's what's waiting for us. And the life that continues on after that is even better. Okay, all kinds of amazing things are waiting. Getting back to this, so, you know, <laughs> oh, I want to preach on faith now. Anyway, <laughs> so we can now better understand why the, the, the Apostle Paul says in Galatians 5 verses 16 and 17, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Here is the answer to this problem. He says, walk in the Spirit, and notice he says, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You're always going to have the lust of the flesh. Because we live in a fallen body. Not just a fallen world, because when the world fell, the body went with it. Because it came from the dust of the ground. You all with me? One God cursed, everything God cursed. Darn it. Okay, <laughs> I want to use another word. But anyway, all right, but th- that's what happened. And we need to understand why we, there is a war between our spirit and our body so much of the time. Because our reborn spirit wants to worship God. But our body is still a part of this ground. And that's the reason why 1 John 1 9 exists. Because God knows that we are in a war in ourselves, let alone all the spirits and everything else out there. There is a war that's going on in ourselves. And so the Apostle Paul, who also writes in Romans, we're going to look at some of the verses, because he obviously had a problem. In fact, let me read these verses. How much time do I have? Okay, let's see if I can get through this. Okay, I want to read in Romans chapter 7. Very interesting. I'm going to be reading, I think it's a New International Version. So I think that's in there as well, guys. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Verse 16. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. And it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature or the flesh. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. Sound like some of us? For what I do is not good. I'm on verse 19 now. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. (laughs) 
Can I get an amen on this? Don't be all, get all Satan on me now. Okay, <laughs> this is the Apostle Paul, okay? All right, this is confessions of a preacher here. All right, verse 20. Now, if I do, not <laughs> if I do what, I, what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Again, referring to the flesh. So I find this law at work, verse 21. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. Notice? Okay, no, we're talking about desire of the flesh now. Okay? All right. Verse 22. For in my inner being, referring to the spirit, I delight in God's law. Here's the war now. Okay? But verse 23. But I see another law at work in the members of my body. That is the flesh again. Waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. Get it? Verse 24. Two more verses. What a wretched man am I. <laughs> or I am. Okay, he's going, ah! That's another way of saying that. Alright? <laughs> okay. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Again, talking about the flesh. But notice verse 25. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's saying that's how I get out. Let's leave it there. Let's now go back to Galatians chapter 5 and understand what he is saying. He is saying, I say then walk in the spirit. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He's saying there is an answer to all of this. And it is to walk in the spirit. There is a way out. And that is to get out of the flesh and in the spirit. Now you can't do that 24 hours a day. I understand that. You, can, you know something? You can be in prayer 24 hours a day. Did you know that? Because you know prayer isn't kneeling. And crossing your little hands like one of my relatives said. You're not praying until you're down there with your... And if you don't cross all your fingers, God's not listening. Isn't it incredible how you know, ridiculous you know, religion is? And so I realized one day that prayer is just communicating with God. I almost don't like the word prayer for that. Because we have such religious connotations about it. You know, every time you see a, a poster on prayer, you see them little folded fingers. You see somebody kneeling. You know, you get this, this kind of image. And you think, you know what, I don't have time for that. I'm busy. I got a life. Hello. Listen, man. Let me ask you a question. You think Jesus had a life? Uh, yes is the right answer. Okay. <laughs> I mean, he was going everywhere. I mean, he was casting out demons. He was delivering people. He was feeding people. He was doing everything. You know, welfare on two feet. You know what I mean? I mean, he was just going, he was just taking care of everything. That's why they wanted to crown him king. They forcibly wanted him to make him king. You know, they were also hoping he would overthrow the Roman government. Everything would be cool, you know, and they wouldn't have to. Anyway, but, <laughs> but, the, but the thing was that he would go off and pray. And it wouldn't just be that time. He would be praying all the time because you understand something in what he says. He says, I don't say or do anything that I don't first hear my father say or I see him do. Which means that whatever prayer time he has on his own, he doesn't stop there. He continues that on. Because every situation he comes up to, he wants to know what the Father has to say about this, what needs to be said. Are you all here? And can I say this, you know, you guys are in the same situation. You know, he was in a war out there. There were people that were constantly trying to trip him up. Religious leaders and everything else that was out there that was just in opposition to him. 
And you are in a world that is constantly trying to trip you up. Have you noticed? Amen? And you need to understand that whatever Jesus did, you need to do. If He had to do it, and He was God manifested in the flesh, sweetheart, you need to do it. Amen? You need... See, the, the, the time that you need by yourself in prayer is to make that connection. Once the connection is made, it's cool. Now, if that takes you five minutes some days, awesome. If it takes you half an hour other days, <laughs> take half an hour. Better to take that half an hour than go out there and, and have a problem that is going to take you hours and days and weeks to fix. Do you hear what I'm saying? We, we miss some of these things. You know, there are times when I'll pray and I know, okay, we're good. And I don't stop praying, see? <laughs> I start, that's my start. Are you all with me? It's kind of more like a recharge because I'm praying through the day and then, you know, I, I sort of go back to that place and then keep going again. Because I don't know what all you all need. <laughs> okay? And, I, you know, and my prayer is over you guys. I'll get somebody on my mind, I'll just start praying. Some days you text me, some days you don't. It doesn't matter, I'm praying for you anyway. Because that's what I'm doing, that's my job. That's, okay, that's, that's what I'm here to do. Alright? And so, that's something that you should, you know, when you click in, there are other times, listen here, there are other times when I've left the prayer room and I felt like it wasn't enough. Something, I hadn't made a full connection, so to speak. I don't know how else to put it. And it's just been something is off. And I've got out there and I thought, oh, I've got things to do. And I, I, you, know, you know, your schedule... Better go with God's schedule, okay? I've tried to keep to my schedule and it's, it has been miserable. Things haven't worked out. Things have just gone wrong. The wrong people serve me. Just every, oh, because I had to do it in that time, don't you understand? And after a few of those experiences, you think, you know what? I'm not leaving here until it's safe. <laughs> you know? Until you get that kind of green light on the inside of you, in your spirit saying, okay, now, we're good. Are you all here? You might say, well, brother, I, you know, I need to get to work. You know? Listen to me. That prayer time, you can have that on the inside of you, even while you're traveling. You, it's, in, it's in your heart and in your mind. It's not in a prayer room somewhere. It's in here. And you need to just keep those doors closed on the inside of you until it's ready to come out. Are you all here? And some days you need to withdraw back to that place. Even in the midst of your work, in the midst of everything, you can find peace and you can just say, God, I need a minute. Something is wrong here. He'll let you know. That's Him actually telling you something is up. Are you all with me? And you can just pull yourself into that place and say, talk to me, I'm listening. He will honor that. And can I say, you might be in the busiest place ever and suddenly it will quiet down for five minutes. Until he's finished with you. And then <laughs> we're back on again. But you're good. You're ready to take on whatever's coming. Are you all here? Amen? Alright. Uh, I have run out of time. Um, can we come back to this place and pick it up here and talk about this a little bit more next week? about walking in the Spirit and the war that is going on between the two. And if we can acknowledge, if we can understand that we do have a war, that even the Apostle Paul had problems. You know what I'm trying to say? Okay, don't beat yourself over the head if you've got problems. You're in good company. 
<laughs> okay? There is a solution. You can win. And if you do lose here and there, it doesn't make you a loser. Just, you just had a bad day. That's it. Move on. First John 1.9. Confess it. Get rid of it. Move on. Amen? Amen? And we'll talk about all that next time. Hallelujah. Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you today for your word. And we thank you, Father, for the wisdom, revelation, insight that you are imparting to us. And I thank you, Lord, that we are not just hearers, but we are doers of your word.